Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Behind Massive Screens, a game development podcast here at Massive Entertainment in Malmo, Sweden. My name is Petter. I don't think I've ever said my name on an episode, but my name is Petter. Oh. And I'm joined, as always, by Dori. Uh, okay. You're, you're getting closer to getting it correct. My name is Dori. Dori. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, let's take this off air, I think. Uh, <laughs> let, let's, work, let's workshop this for a couple of hours. Dori, and let's not get started on your last name. Look it up. Mm. Um, so before we get to our esteemed guest, and we're going to have fun trying to pronounce his name correctly as well. Oh we had a little crash course here before. Didn't really work out. Um, just a couple of things I want to mention real quick. First of all, we are now on, we've been for a couple of episodes, but we haven't said it. Uh, we're on YouTube as well now. Which is how you can see us right now. If exactly. you're already watching on YouTube. Exactly. So you've already seen the guest if you're watching on YouTube. Well, hello. Uh, Which is why you should... No, okay. The mystery man in the corner. Anyway, uh, if you want to check us out, please, just, we'd love if you just keep listening to the podcast. But if you want that alternative, some people are weird, uh, go to YouTube. Um, and also, speaking of YouTube and stuff you say on YouTube, but for podcasting, please... Uh, Rate and review us if you feel like it. Uh, like and subscribe. Oh. Yeah, like and subscribe. Rate and review. Boomer over here. Doesn't know the lingo. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm too old for YouTube. Uh, that's why we have we have now George behind the scenes. He's young enough for YouTube. Um, but yeah, please rate and review us. Uh, leave a rating on Spotify if you listen there. A review on uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. That'd be really helpful. Now we've done our due podcast diligence yeah. when it comes to that stuff. And uh, we have an email address now. So, uh, because, I mean, what we want is to give you, the audience, uh, what you want. So if there's any specific job title within uh, gaming that you want to learn more about, any specific personality that you already know within Massive that you want to uh, hear more about, well, send us an email to... Well, on the spot. <laughs> Behind Massive Screens at Massive.se. Yeah, and on YouTube you can see it like... It's down there. Right, right here. But yeah, let's uh, start the show. Yeah, let's get... Uh, a lot of people already clicked off because this, this <laughs> is too long. <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, but welcome, Kiltek, environment artist here at Massive Entertainment. Did I get it right? No. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the, the, the attempt was there. I appreciate okay. it. <laughs> okay. So welcome. Thank you. Uh, very nice to have you here. We haven't actually talked about environment art before. I'm really excited to, to mm. get into it. Uh, but let's start out, uh, as we always do, just to introduce what you actually do. On a high level, just a description of what does an environment artist do. In yes. Case. On a very, very high level, I make things look pretty. 
that's uh, that's my entire job. I think the podcast is done now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Me and Dora can. You, you got all the details <laughs> that you wanted. Yeah, yeah. That was everything right you wanted to know. Thank you very much. Write and review. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on a very high level point, it's uh, making the world of the games, the the levels that you play, look uh, as good as they can, uh, playable. Uh, yeah, that's the very high level point of it. I mean, there's not so much to it to explain to that much in high detail. So right. if you like go in depth, there's a lot more to it. But in high detail, make things look pretty. Yeah. And in, in a studio like Massive Entertainment, which is known for its open world games, I mean, that is that is a big task because, I mean, making a, a world in a linear game, you have a lot of corners that you can cut. But in an open world game, you need to make stuff look good from all angles. Exactly, yeah. If you, especially in 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 nowadays the games all angles also become the sky so that gives it another uh form of oh you need to pay attention on your roofs for example where where before you could like oh i'm gonna cut a corner here we're gonna save some performance here we're not gonna put in a roof on this yeah that's not a thing anymore (laughs) (laughs) um we're we are definitely going to go in depth uh of what you do and kind of look at those roofs a little bit more in a while. But first, we just want to know as well, how did you end up at Massive Entertainment? How did you end up in the industry? And how did you come here? Because I know there's a couple of interesting things in your history that we would love to talk about. Yes. Let's start from the beginning. Oh, God. The beginning, like uh, 24 years ago, uh, beginning. I (laughs) I was born in 1998. Uh, (laughs) No, like the the very beginning is, is, uh, I guess it all started with Legos. Right. For me, like, how how long do you want this story to be? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, we, we we got about an hour. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we're gonna have to book a little bit more time. <laughs> uh, but it all started with with, with Legos. It sounds uh, a little silly if you say it out loud. Like, oh, I play with Legos, so now I'm in the video game industry. One on one connected is two, right? <laughs> Uh, but I just really loved making things, and I, uh, after a while, stopped even following the the plans of the of the Lego sets because I was a rebel, of course. Uh, and, um, after years of playing with the Legos, I, I, I discovered the, the beauty of the computer, you know, and uh, I discovered video games. And the one video game that I did discover was, uh, was Minecraft, of course. Kind of goes hand in hand, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I did a lot of building on there and I, I, on a very high level, it, it, it is kind of the same as making environments, uh, for games. Cause I was making worlds and. Uh, I was working together with YouTubers and uh, was even making money out of it. Uh, it, it was kind of a, a job for me uh, as a 15, 14, 16-year-old, you know, making those big bucks on Minecraft. It, it was amazing. Uh, and uh, that developed me to going into wanting to make it into a job because um, once I re- once I realized that I could make uh, money out of creating things, I was like, oh, did there should be like something more. Uh, and then I was like, oh, video game development. Yeah, that, that that's kind of what I want to do. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, so I went to my parents and I asked, hey, uh, there's this uh, digital arts school, a high school in Belgium. Uh, it was called Digital Arts Film and Entertainment. And I wanted to go there, but the school at the time didn't have uh, quite as good as a, a, a name, uh, the school itself. There was a little controversy uh, I don't know exactly what what it was. I was too young to to even understand. But the school didn't have uh, that great of a name, so my mom was like, "No, you're going. If you want to do art, you can do some uh, architectural arts." So she she put me in a school, 
Uh, that, that does kind of make sense with the Minecraft it, thing as well. Though. It made sense. The architecture, the building, everything kind of aligned. It was like, ah, I'll take it. You know, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> uh, so I, I started my studies there and it was a lot of sculpting with clay, traditional mediums and all this kind of thing, but nothing digital, uh, which was always like kind of the thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to go digital. Uh, and the school year went fine. Uh, and at the end of the school year, we had this parent meeting. And uh, I, I casually brought up, hey, I want to change schools, you know. <laughs> uh, and my teacher kind of looked uh, looked at me and said like, oh, yeah, no, if you change schools, you're, you're, you're going to like throw everything away that you've been doing. And like, you're not going to make it. Very soul crushing for uh, a kid to hear. Kind of awful, actually. Yeah, I, I, that's an awful thing to say. I still thank her for that moment because that's, oh, that's the point that led me to here. So, uh, the rebel came, so, came back. Thank you. <laughs> if Look at me if, now. If you're watching, thank you for telling me I wasn't going to make it. Thank you. <laughs> because after that, um, my mom took me aside after the, that parent meeting because my, my parents were there, of course. And she was also like, aha, uh -huh, okay. <laughs> you know, a little bit of sass in there. Uh, and, and she took me aside and she's like, oh yeah, you're going to that other school. And I'm like looking, oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so the next year I went to that other school and uh, I started my, um, well, my, my career, I want to say career, but like the start of the career started there, right? Uh, started learning 3D modeling, 3D animation, uh, everything about digital media uh, and also film. Uh, but the film wasn't really what I wanted to do, but or later years were split into two kind of things. You had like uh, web design or film, and then I went to web design because it felt more close to game design. And my uh, high school ended uh, with a final year uh, project, which is uh, an entire year that you get to make uh, a project. And uh, you kind of make a proposition, you show it to the teachers and they're like, okay, you can do this or you can't do this, do something else. And I proposed, hey, I, uh, I want to make a game. And then at first they all kind of just look at me like, uh, oh, really? Because we don't teach that here. Because it wasn't the game design school, right? So they didn't have the knowledge about how to make games either. Uh, so they, they just kind of told me like, hey, if you really want to do it, do it. Uh, we're not going to be able to help you that much, uh, but, but go for it, you know? And I, I took that challenge and I was like, yeah, okay, sure, let's do it. And I uh, worked on it an entire year, tons of YouTube tutorials, like tons of it. What, what did you work in? Uh, in Game Maker, Game Maker Studio, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, the one uh, engine that I was able to learn because it was 2D <laughs> pixel art and I did not have the vast knowledge of 3D engines. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Game Maker Studio was, uh, was my, my to-go engine for my very first project. And uh, it went... It went uh, pretty well up to the point where my my teacher um, in the second semester of, of the year uh, kind of discarded his uh, original uh, teaching plans and wanted to teach the class how to make a game. So that kind of resulted in both of us teaching the class because we had kind of the same knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Some people were coming to me like, hey, how did you make that character jump? I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> There was a lot of things going on there, <laughs> but that really opened the, a doorway for me to to go to game design because my teacher there then also told me like, hey, there's this school called Digital Arts and Entertainment uh, in Belgium that focuses on specific game design. I was like, wow, that's that's perfect. <laughs> 
I mean, choice made, right? Just go there and just uh, start, start, start in the in the game industry immediately. Uh, and I started uh, that game design school. Did um, did it in four years. Um, and the last year is like a, a final project where you make a game in a group and then uh, a uh, internship, right? And uh, for my internship, I went to uh, Bryson, England, to Electric Square. Uh, I had a, I learned a lot there, uh, but it wasn't really for me. Uh, I, it, it, it was a great time, but uh, personally, the the country wasn't my kind of cup of tea to say, you know, England. Uh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I went back home and I was like, oh, uh, I don't really know where to go with my career or what I want to do. So I wanted to go for a, a small indie studio close to home. You know, I just finished school. Like, I don't want to go far away. <laughs> uh, and uh, it happens that a company at the time, a small indie company in Belgium contacted me saying like, hey, do you want to work for us? And I'm like, wow, everything's falling together. <laughs> this is great. Uh, and then they asked me, how, hey, do you want to do an art test? I'm like, sure. I make the art test, uh, handed it in. Other people were also applying for the job, of course. Uh, and eventually I get the, the, the email back saying, uh, hey, we decided not to go forward with you, but with somebody else. And I was like, okay, that's fine. It's the industry. It's competitive. Everybody makes great art. And I asked, hey, but can I know what I could do better? And they came back to me with the most peculiar, odd feedback I've ever heard in my life. And it made me so angry. (laughs) (laughs) They told me my work was too detailed. Whoa. (laughs) And I just, I I, I was so angry. (laughs) I was thinking like, how, I mean, you were asking me to make an art test and I'm showing you the best capabilities of what I can do. If you want, if you want me to make it worse, I mean, no problem. You can always scale down. Yeah, I can scale down, but I felt like it was harder to scale up. So I show you the best work I can deliver to you which got me very confused and angry and uh, shifted my mindset 100% to like, I don't want to work for an indie company. I'm going big, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which led me to uh, doing uh, probably the best decision that I've ever made in my life is I, I uh, added uh, uh, Gorilla Games on LinkedIn. And I just kind of sent him a message saying like, hey, can I get an interview? <laughs> that was it. I didn't send anything more. And I also didn't quite expect a response back i was just kind of oh, i'm gonna send it and that's gonna be it you know never gonna hear back from him because you know who's going to respond to give me an interview <laughs> uh but little to my surprise four minutes later i got a response <laughs> in four minutes saying like oh yeah what's your email address i'm like wow that worked <laughs> great amazing i sent him my email address we go back and forth on mails with the art team and the recruiters. And a couple of months later, they hired me as a junior environment artist for uh, Horizon. Uh, there you go. It was uh, an amazing opportunity, especially because I just started out in the industry. It was like, wow, how the shit did I get here? Can I wait? Can I swear? <laughs> I yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> uh and and it was a year contract because the Netherlands has a weird system on how contracts work. So I still don't like it. Uh, but it was a year contract. And at the end of the year, um, my contract was uh, uh, getting at its end and uh, they couldn't extend it for several reasons. Uh, but some people 
uh, there were in close contact with some leads here at Massive, and uh, they sent a message over to here saying like, hey, we got this guy, he's got to leave, great work. Uh, wow, I'm blowing. <laughs> Great work, yeah. Cut on my own back. It's, it's very detailed. Yeah, it's very detailed. Trust me. <laughs> uh, and and he sent a message to uh, a lead here at Massive saying like, yeah, you should uh, interview him. And then without me knowing, I suddenly get a mail like, hey, uh, here's an interview for Massive. I'm like, when did this happen? <laughs> you, see, you see him coming from behind his desk. He's like, hey, I sent some messages. I'm like, ah, thanks. <laughs> Didn't even know where I was going to do. Go back to Belgium, you know. Right. Didn't go back to Belgium. <laughs> uh, and uh, did the, the interview, did an art test. They were very happy with the details in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a reoccurring thing. I, I, I think so too. It's going to be the standing yoke all yeah, yeah. the, the, the episode. <laughs> Uh, and and yeah, they 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 like the art test. They like the interviews, and they offered me a, a contract. And uh, well, I I moved here, and now I've been here for. A year and a half, maybe a year and four months, something like that. Time flies. I, I'd like to do a survey in the industry to kind of see that teacher who changed their teaching plan because of your game that they wanted to start teaching that. How many people are in the industry right now because that happened? Mm. Oh, yeah. Who, who went to that class and then, yeah. Exactly. That is a great question. I can message him. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to find out if you're watching this. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll send him the link. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, that's such a that's such a great story and so many things that I want to unpack there. Oh. But like the through line is like, this is the exact reason that I wanted to be a part of this podcast, because one of the number one questions that I get and comments uh, that we get you know, on YouTube is like, oh, how how should I get started in the gaming industry? Like, what, what is the path? What, where should I start? And the, the only answer that I always have, and as someone who hasn't gone through and be, been a game developer, my answer is always like, do. You know, it, yeah. find your passion and do, and yeah. then work your way through it and find, like, and that is uh, like exactly what, what you've done, starting from Legos and Minecraft and yeah. then just kind of forging your path towards what you wanted to do. Uh, just, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Everything just kind of fell together for me. I mean, it, I, I never say, I mean, I agree with you, like just do it. It's true. Just, just go for it and do it. But, uh, there is no straight path. Like you, you can, I've heard stories from people studying economics and then suddenly like, Oh, I like drawing. Well, here I am concept artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you, you, you can just look through, I go through the episodes we've done, both both those and the project we did before, and just hear the various like some people come like from different schools and they they've gone through that, but others just come from these random directions mm. and ended up like doing three D modeling for mining companies at one point yep. I think, and then all of a sudden they're doing they're here. It's it just yeah. it's it's really and I love the Minecraft thing. <laughs> that's what I I really wanted you to bring that up because I think that's. It's a generational thing as well, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you and uh, a, a generation can actually get started in actual games like M Minecraft. For me, that's still something that's fairly new. I'm much older mm. than you were. Uh, <laughs> so it feels weird that we're ended up in this point now where people actually get started in, in that game to this, this degree and actually made money selling buildings in oh, Minecraft. Yeah. I made the big bucks. For, you, <laughs> for YouTubers? Oh, yeah. How yeah, old yeah, are yeah. you? Oh, I'm 24. Oh, God. <laughs> 
just turned 24 in October. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it, it, it's super cool to see because it's just so such a different thing. Even though you went to school afterwards, like yeah. getting started in something like Minecraft. Yeah, is, it, 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 it's like a foundation. Like it, it's weird to think about, but there are like these communities in, in that game that, that actually develop games in the game, which right. is very like weird to think about. Like uh, one of the most popular servers in that game has their own modding community and and like game design community who come up with mini games the entire time and they've gotten so far that they're actually developing their own game right now. Right. They they their servers like Hypixel and now they have a studio called Hytale and they're making a game called Hytale and it's like wildly uh accepted around the entire community and it, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's a part of it's like it's an interesting progression that I've been kind of looking at for, I mean, game developers used to start modding. You know, they they modded games mm. uh, and you know created skins, created game modes and stuff. And then we had the huge proliferation of uh, game engines being free, and you could just drop in. But now, inside games, games giving you the tools to make a game within the game. Mm. It's just like it's constantly evolving and and giving an easier platform every single time to a new generation. Yeah, absolutely. Like giving the power to the players to actually experience or or like experiment with the ability to, you know, develop skills that you never thought you were going to have is is is, is quite unique. Yep. Definitely for this time and age. Like who would have thought twenty years ago, going to a game, develop some skills, and make a career out of it? Yeah. And, and it's perfect for you as well. Like we're gonna delve into environment art uh, very, very soon. But I guess that's a good, as you mentioned, uh, as well for Minecraft as a as a beginning to actually create these. Like not only how cool it is to get started on on a game design journey, but just the creative skills and the mm. creativity that you're able to unleash and actually create these buildings and environment for other people uh, is really interesting as well. Just the, the kind of tools that that game gives you. Yeah, like in 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 general, when you think about it, it's like a a game of cubes where you make houses. But after yeah. a while, when you've been doing it or when you've been playing that game for so long, you start to think of like, oh, what composition could be really cool here? And you think to yourself, where did I learn the word composition? <laughs> <laughs> when did I start doing this? How how did I think about this? Reveal points? What? <laughs> what, what what is going on here? Oh, what if I place a door here to block this off so I can make my my exit way cooler? It's like you start thinking about the these things that you never ever thought about, and and it just it, it makes your entire project like go to the next level without even realizing it is. And I'm sure that like thousands hundreds of thousands of players have gotten these skills just by playing yeah mm. yeah I, i'm i can't get further than building a, a square house made out of rocks in that game so i'm, I'm so impressed to oh, see that's okay. i can of... teach you some uh, some tips and tricks awesome. <laughs> oh yeah that's about a massive minecraft server oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 doors, i'm in doors up for it uh, all right, environment art though. Mm -hmm. um, you said you make things pretty, but obviously you make things pretty in the environment. Yeah. Doo -doo. Did you see yeah. that reveal coming? Wow, yeah. Yeah. that was a build up. <laughs> uh, but what, what kind of, we have a little list of stuff here we're going to talk about, but uh, let's start out with kind of, you have nothing. Like you, 
targets. what kind of information do you get? Like, okay, so we need the environment for this place. Mm-hmm. How do you get started? Where in the process do you come in? What other teams do you work with, for example, to actually know what you're supposed to make pretty? Yeah. Uh, most of the time we, we come in a little bit later because uh, you first have uh, narrative teams making like the stories and the ideas of the places that are happening, what happened in them and everything. And then you have the level designers who 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 make a block out of those those locations, uh, where you then get a, a gray box area, and they they hand that over to us, and they're like, "Here is your environment. Now work with it, make it make it look pretty." And then you go in phases, making it uh, first uh, an acceptable first. Uh, it's still kind of a block out state. It's like actually blocking out the the big shapes is like okay here here's the shapes of uh the landmark the eye catchers and everything it's very um broadly looked upon like if you look from a far distance it's the only shapes you're going to see but those are also very important because that's what makes it unique right. and and what makes it stand out uh and then after you're uh kind of done with that phase you start iterating uh in in that environment and and start blocking out like groups of or clusters of uh props and set dressing and everything and you go in further and further and further until you uh reach a polishing phase where you're really going into the the nitty-gritty of uh i'm going to place a piece of toilet paper here on the side because there was a man running from left to right and you make these stories in your head to make those environments come to life, right? Uh, And that's, to me, that's the the most fun part. It's the last part, right? Where you make those stories and then you work together with narrative design because they they come up with the characters in the the buildings. They're like, oh, this character uh, has a crush on that character. And you're like, okay, with this information... I can now make my own stories of like what happened through the environment. Right. Are, that must be a skill in itself. I think it's like block out, like the, the, the gray boxing mm-hmm. um, of an area where it's just, can you just like squint and kind of see in front of you? Because uh, that, that has to be a skill in itself, being able to take what looks just essentially, it's called gray boxing for a reason. It's mm-hmm. just gray boxes in a gym essentially. Um can you, are you just able to squint straight away and see like, ah, oh, this could become, or is it something that over time is I, it grown for, yeah. grows from uh, the original block? I, I, I would say it could be a complete mix of both, right? Because uh, we also have concept artists right. we, who come in with like, oh, uh, we heard about your great idea here. Here is our version of this great idea. Now make it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And concept art. Make this thing into the game. Yeah, just just take this and then make it 3D. Okay. Simple, simple, right? <laughs> it's as simple as that. You just do it. You know, yeah. It's fine. There's nothing to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they come in and and that helps uh, tremendously in in, lo- in lots of situations, right? The, the level designer would, would look at that and they're like, okay, there's a big shape here. There's a big shape there. And then I come in and I look at it. Okay, there's some detail here. There's some detail there. And you just kind of copy it as close as you can because most of the time a concept artist is approved by art director. So uh, there's a lot less iteration that you need to do. And, and then it goes very smoothly. But there are also situations where you don't have that concept art and it's a lot more loose and also like, you get a lot more creative freedom. There's still this um, overall idea you want to convey of of the location that you're working on, uh, but but 
the way that you get to that end point is a lot more more creative and you can work a, li- a lot more together with the level designers themselves. Like, oh, what if we like add an extra path here? How would that uh, work out? And then there's kind of this conversation you have that kind of ping pongs back and forth of the level designers and the, the level artists and everything and other teams, of course. Okay, so, so it's not like a top-down design where the level designer has all the paths set out and then you come in and make it pretty it also can go back if you make something cool and they think oh we can make a secret tunnel or yeah absolutely i mean they they will come in with their design and and a lot of the situations that's that's what you go with and and you make that as good as you can but there's also situations where you they come with that design and and you just have this crazy stupid idea where you're like i want a dragon here you know and then they're going to be looking at you a dragon make it too you know <laughs> and then you get this this conversation and and eventually that's how skyrim happened oh yeah yeah absolutely i'm we sure we have three can we have <laughs> 10 sorry uh, yeah yeah and you just get this conversation and and most of the time it's for the better cuz collaboration means you know the best thing that you can get in the end right now uh, the, like i always feel like great art comes out of limitations as well because you're talking about you want to make things pretty and detailed but then it needs to run on the systems yes so so how do you tackle that in terms of do, do you already have in mind when you're designing the environment of like oh i can't spruce up too much here because you know i'm going to run into issues or do you just make it as polished and cool as possible and then start taking things away Yes. <laughs> uh, well, there's multiple ways to approach. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to say this a lot. There's multiple ways to approach it. Uh, and that's because it's true. Uh, there are artists like do exactly what you said. It's like they bring it to the best possible way that they can and then go back in and remove a lot of things. Uh, which is one of the ways that I like to work is I make it as good as I can and as I, detailed as, 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 <laughs> as see, see what's going on here as detailed as possible <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, so yeah I, 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 I bring it to the best possible state that I can get it and then I, I go back in and do a uh, performance pass as uh, if you would like to call it like that uh, and I look at my entity count uh, and uh, see how many unique assets I'm using. If there's, for example, an asset I'm only using once, that is that is taking up uh, performance because it needs to be loaded in. The texture needs to be loaded in. If it's only used once, it's kind of a waste. So then it's better to just get rid of that asset and replace it with something that you've already used before because that asset is already streamed into the game. Right. Uh, so it, it, it's a lot of give and take most of the time of like, oh, what can I get away with? Or if I spread these assets out more, do I have more uh, performance in this area or that area? And uh, it, it's 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 a balance of what am I allowed to do to make it run smoothly, but still look good. Yeah. And, and one thing that you mentioned there, use, using an asset once can seem like a waste, which means that you want to be able to reuse assets and, mm-hmm. well, merge them with others to create new assets. Yeah, uh, kid bashing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a thing called kid bashing, which is uh, taking multiple assets and uh, smashing them together into a new asset, uh, and uh, hopefully fool players to think that it's a unique asset, right? Uh, which is, I I love kid bashing. It's one of my favorite things to do ever. The Lego thing coming in again? Or? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes back. We're full circle. <laughs> 
Yeah, kid bashing is definitely one of my favorite things to do because it that like like you said before the limitations, right? That's where your limitations come in. Uh, like uh, think of getting four assets and they're like now make this entire level with four assets. You're gonna have to be really creative to make that location look unique with just four assets. It's possible. With four assets, it might look very repetitive, but <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you have a bit more. Yeah. You actually brought up uh, during the pre-interview an interesting thing. You did kit bash. Ah, yeah. Like we have to. Yeah. Okay. That. Okay. Yes. Uh, when I when I was working at uh, Horizon, uh, at a certain point, uh, I was working on an area. It was like a store kind of thing, and I made a mannequin completely out of lamps. <laughs> I think that, that, it's so beautiful. Uh, it 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 was it looked really well, and and when I showed the my my lead and and the art director, they they were confused because they were like, "Why do we have a mannequin? We don't have this asset." And I'm like, "Oh no, it's lamps." <laughs> <laughs> and you can imagine their faces right now going like, "Oh, that must be so expensive." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it's not running." <laughs> I think there were like 250 lamps in there or something. <laughs> but the shape was perfect. I had an hour to kill, you know. <laughs> That's what you do, right? Yeah, the creativity of an environment artist. Uh, we, we actually, I, I, I love this not only because of the creativity that can come out of it, but also because uh, one discussion we had in, in with uh, Frederick Thylander, who's a game designer here, um, in episode two of the podcast is games are often cheating. Like oh, yeah. you have to cheat so much when it comes to not only game design and the kind of the way characters work and interact with the world, but... Definitely the world itself can be very much cheating. Like placing, mm -hmm. as you talked about kit bashing, like placing stuff in various angles and various like sticking out of each other or just merging them into walls or whatever just to create something completely new out of what you have. Yeah, there's the saying, it's like fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. That's game design in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> you, we fake everything. Like if you think something's real, oh boy, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> But the the beauty of it is like getting away with it, right? Right. That that's that's where the beauty is hidden in it. Because if if the play if you can convince the players that this is how it's supposed to be, oh, you did a great job. Yeah. Because they will never know. But you will sit there and like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also like this thing when when you start playing other games as a game designer or working in the game industry, you start noticing these things, right? Yeah. Uh, you see like texture seams or or whatever, anything that you can like notice. You're like, ah. I see what you did there. And then you kind of take what they did and you're like, I'm going to apply that to my work. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of, I, I had the same thing after I went to film school. I stopped seeing movies the same way because oh, yeah. now I'm constantly looking, oh, there's a light there, uh, three-point lighting. And like, oh, what lens are they using? It's like, I, I analyze films as so I'm watching them. So is, this, is it the same for you when you're playing games? You're kind of analyzing, how, yeah. how did they get the performance in this area and yeah, start like, yeah. oh, there's a repeated asset. Or Absolutely. In in Belgium, we have this term called beroepsmisvorming, right? Uh, it, it's like a job malfunction. It's kind of, you take your job with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of this thing where I'm walking on a street and I'm like, wow, how can I make this door? How many polygons would this be? <laughs> <laughs> if I open this, what kind of access do I need? <laughs> and you start analyzing everything. And that's the same in games. You're like, oh, why is there an arch here? Oh, it's to block off the view so that if you rotate around the corner that you have this reveal, right? You analyze everything. And it, it's a blessing and a curse because uh, you can't enjoy the same games anymore as you used to. <laughs> Do you ever get to move in a game? You just get stuck somewhere and just look around oh, and kind of see. I play a lot of competitive games. Right. 
And so you're just standing there getting oh, shot? There, yeah, there's been moments where I've been staring at a rock. And I'm like, wow, the detail <laughs> on this is incredible. And you get shot in the head and you're like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> Didn't think about that one. <laughs> yeah, we've had the discussion with guests before as well. That like, in, especially with, in movies, people have been, in, been uh, as you said, like in film school or animation school or similar, watching a movie once just to do that. Like get the analysis out of the way. That's done. Okay, let's watch it again and actually enjoy the movie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, I guess that makes makes uh, perfect sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember I read about the three C's once, just like a very detailed paper, uh, paper about how why doors are always taller in games. Ah, in third person right. games, it's so that the camera can go through without camera. tipping, and, yeah. and it's like now I always see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look at the door, you're like, I know what's going on yeah. here. <laughs> All Division One players are going, are they talking about weird doors? <laughs> and I, I see George, who has been with us since the Division One days, going, yep, where's the weird door? You'll never know. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to the kind of, I guess, the Lego stuff. Look, I'm so excited. Mm. Um, how do you get the stuff into the game in the first place? The Legos? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, now, now we're talking about, okay, so you can create this, you can take the assets, et cetera, et cetera. But how does it practically work to kind of populate the level, say, mm. uh, with the environment props? Right. Um, well, in, in, well, I can only speak about the companies that I've worked with, of sure, course. But of course. like, uh, I'm assuming that most companies just have an asset browser or like a uh, overall level where all their assets are displayed. And that's kind of where you go in and you look through the assets that are there. You kind of... It's kind of like shopping, you know. You you go through your 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 list of everything that you have. You're like, I like this, drag and drop. Okay, now I have this. What can I do with this? Right. And you just kind of continue shopping until you find all of the assets that you need, all of the items that you need. Uh, you put it in your shopping cart. You go to the checkout. You check out and you put it all in your own house, your own level, and you start building new things with it. Right. Um, so that's like the 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 general. And the general way of, of how, how you start is like you analyze everything that you have and what you can do with it. And and then you just start placing them together and a lot of copy pasting. A lot yep. of copy pasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but how, how do you start that process then? They're like very pro now we're really down into practical stuff. Like you have the block out, you have your assets, you know, okay, I'm gonna create a I don't know, a hallway. Yeah. A cool looking Obviously not a game designer or an art director. <laughs> it's or, going great. Or a level designer. <laughs> don't don't play any games I make, obviously. Um no, but you have a location, you you you're gonna create something with it. How do you like just start dragging, like grab this, place it there, start manipulating, and then can you just build upon that, like throwing yeah. stuff? Well if you want to throwing take, stuff very uh, <laughs> just randomly put you know them there. I mean. If you want to take the hall the hallway that you're saying as an example, um you start to think what what is in a hallway, right? And there is a lot more things in a hallway than, than you're thinking of. See, see uh, this is what I was thinking. Of. <laughs> I, I knew what I was doing. Oh, oh okay. Mm. You were forcing me. <laughs> so, yeah, if you think about a hallway, what is in a hallway? A hallway has doors. What does a door have? You're analyzing everything now. What right. does a door have? It has a doorknob, a, a lock. Uh, what else is in a hallway? You have light switches. You have a trim of a floor, trim of a ceiling, uh, the ceiling panels. What is beyond the ceiling panels? Is there pie pitch? Is there anything connected to that? Is there a fire alarm? You're you're making a list in your head of everything that could possibly be, be in a hallway. And that list is always a lot longer than you think. 
And that's where you start uh, blocking out your own assets, like right. we said before, right? Because uh, most of the time you won't have all of the assets that you, that that you'll need. Um, most assets that you get are like the the generic assets that you can use everywhere. But now we're talking about specific things. Right. So if you go to specific things, uh, then then you're going to want to block them out, make a request to your prop team, or in some cases, uh, in in smaller companies, environment artists make the complete asset as well themselves. Uh, here here at Massive, for example, that's all split up. We have level artists, uh, tech artists, prop artists. So it's it's more split up. More everybody's more uh, focused. Uh, in one specific area of expertise. Yeah, exactly. The AAA. Exactly. And, and most like very... most AAA studios are like specific expertise focused on on one specific job, and and you get really good at that. Uh, but in in some smaller companies, uh, an environment artist does does everything to right. from lighting to asset creation to texturing. Right. Um. So it's it's a great skill to have. Uh, obviously. So making those uh, block out assets you, and the more detail that you make them, the easier the job gets for the prop artist because uh, they have a better idea of what you're actually trying to make. Right. Uh, and and yeah, once you have those block out assets, you can start uh, populating your, your hallway with everything that you want in a uh, gen- general first pass uh, of, okay, I want a door here, I want a door here. Uh, and and continue like that. And if you're happy with it, uh, you can continue to a a second pass. You can uh, go to an art director or your lead or even your level designer and say like, hey, can we go over my amazing hallway that I'm making and see what we can improve here? That's kind of your your first steps, right? Uh, It's iterate and improve. Uh, And the more feedback you ask, the better your hallway would be. It's always feedback, 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 feedback. That's, That's the... In my in my belief, that's the core of uh, a great environment artist is is asking feedback over and over and over again, because you can be the best environment artist in the world, but if you're never showing your work before it's done to anybody else, how will you ever improve? Yeah. Like other people have different ideas, and you can bounce off those ideas to make yeah. your work better. Yeah, and take or not depending. Yeah, on. and it's not because somebody gives you feedback that that you have to agree with it. You know, you you can be stubborn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and so in, in that process that you were talking about, let's say you're you're making the this hallway, do you first make like a clean pass of like where everything is, and then on the second pass you start giving it more storytelling, like some of the uh, the roof uh, the ceiling tiles are falling down, and you know there's a little water dripping mm-hmm. down here. So so first you block it out like it's structurally complete mm-hmm. and then you start adding in texture work or like storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So um, most of the time, well, most of the time, it, it, again, it depends from person to person, right? Uh, you would, in, in that first pass, first pass, you if, if you want the ceiling to be broken, you'll already implement that okay. into uh, your, your, your scene. Like you don't have to start off with a very, clean uh structural sound hallway if that's not the design of the hallway then then don't go there because you'll just waste time and yep. and time is important uh so if there's a hole in your ceiling make that hole in there it doesn't have to be perfect yet because it's your first pass but in your idea needs to come over in that first pass because if it's not there your your next passes are going to be uh kind of useless because you're going to have to go back into your design you have to rework it and then you're back at square one and then you did all of that extra work for nothing uh and then after 
your entire design is done and it's approved and, and everything, everyone's happy. Then you go in and start uh, detailing it more. Uh, and, and like you said, adding textures, we have decals, right? It's like this texture that you put on top of uh, your assets to make them look dirty or like have, um, what's it called, leakage mm. uh, on the top of your walls or pipes. Uh, you just have these these small texture assets uh, that you can place everywhere to like add more uh, grunge and detail to your entire scene. Yeah. And now what, when, when you're, you're working on populating it and you go to the asset browser and you can't find the asset that you want. So you add in a couple and you kit bash something, but it's like, it's not quite working. Mm. Th- then what do you, you send it to a, like a prop artist and like, Neh. there's, there's, there's two ways this can go. Either you give up, you give up you you uh kill your darlings right Uh, don't don't get too attached to the work that you make because uh things will change so either you actually just give up and be like okay i'll replace it with a different asset other idea let's continue or if the, the time is there for the prop artists uh to, to work on it, you can uh, make a request and say like, hey, uh, I I really tried, but it didn't quite work out how I wanted it to. And you're like kind of better at this than me. <laughs> and, if you uh, don't fix it, it'll be in the game like this and yeah. your name will be in the title. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure everybody knows. <laughs> I will throw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, in most cases, um, there will be time or they'll make time or they'll readjust things and and it will be fine. But you have to be ready to tell yourself that, okay, I'm going to throw this away. All right. You you mentioned one thing during the course of this, which we haven't talked about yet, really. Working with the lighting team. Uh-huh. Because lighting will need to, okay, so you've built this beautiful hallway and you, you as you said, there's stuff falling down and the, the, there's a little leakage and there's some, the, the roof is kind of damaged. But then light, you've done all this and then lighting steps in. Yes. So lighting is most of the time the the last step in the entire process. And also never piss off a lighting artist. You need them. No, never. Never, never. <laughs> There's not enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a job, become a lighting artist. <laughs> <laughs> also go back in the feed because we have a whole interview with a lighting artist. Mm, there you go. It's very fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, rule number one, never piss off a lighting artist. You need them. Uh, First thing you learn in game design school? Yes. I mean, they don't tell you, but you need to know. (laughs) Best advice given on this podcast so far. Yeah, trust us. (laughs) Take this by heart. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they they are the last step in in the entire process most of the time. They will do a pass uh, before it is done, but um, their their actual final thing will be after you are actually finished with the entire thing that you're working on. But they have so many things to work on as well because every landmark you make, they have to light. Right. So they can't wait until every single landmark is done because that would just be a waste of time because what do they do in the meantime, right? So they have to go in and do some uh, first passes, get the idea right. It's the same thing as like what we do, but a lot more technical as well because they need to know all the values of light and how things interact with light, bouncing, uh, way more technical than I'm capable of. Um, So so they do a lot of setup work as well and preparation work before they actually go in and do their uh, final uh, lighting pass. And I hope I'm not saying anything wrong because I don't know. <laughs> like they're a lot smarter. They're a lot smarter than me. <laughs> but that's 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 uh, how I in, in, interpret it at least. Uh, and but can that change things? Like you've done this beautiful thing and then they go in with light and they like 
this is impossible to make look good or at that point they just make it look good because they're just that good like most of the time they just make take your work and make it so much better <laughs> uh, that's fair like they you you get your work back you see the lighting pass you're like yeah i did that no, no, <laughs> no, the lighting artist did that <laughs> they made it shine see what i did there yeah, uh, indeed. yeah i've seen a couple of examples of that like level design and, and uh environment art and world design and stuff uh without lighting oh yeah um, and sure it looks pretty i mean and then they come in and it looks amazing. Yeah, it looks, it's a world I'm sorry, nothing against your work. No, no, it's I just, agree. It's, it's such, a <laughs> such a difference it makes. Yeah. Now, one thing that I've always wondered about game development, especially in a AAA environment, how, like, are you sometimes working within the same space? Like, say you have a, a pretty big section of an open world mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, you, you're making this monument and then you're done with the monument and you start working on something at the roots of the monument. And then yeah. is the lighting technician working on lighting the monument? We're like, where do, where where comes the point where you hand off? It's like, okay, now you can take a pass. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because I'm actually working on a landmark right now with multiple people at the same time. Also like multiple environment artists. Uh, and, and, that that's where communication becomes like really important because you know you don't want to destroy the work of the other person because you're working on the same location you have to communicate every single time what you're doing like oh i'm going to be working on this area now please don't touch anything or i will cry <laughs> <laughs> crying has happened <laughs> so at, at that point communication is so important uh, uh and then it's the most important part there is like how is your uh landmark set up structure-wise, like layer-wise, because uh, it, it's built up in different layers. Everybody can have their own layers and you can work in that area. I can work in that area. Um, and that's also then for lighting, they have their own layers as well. So uh, in, in, in general terms, they can work on the same area as you are because they have their own, their own stuff to work with and it doesn't really interfere with whatever we're doing, but it can clash if you are making an update to an area that they're lighting um, yeah, and they got a perfect shadow on the yeah, you remove have, something. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then you submit your work and then the next day you get an angry message from a lighting artist saying like, what the Shh. fuck happened here, man? <laughs> Why is my shadow gone? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. <laughs> so communicate, please. Everything you do, communicate everything. Yeah, seems to be, be a general general uh, good advice for mm. game design. Just talk to everybody. Talk, 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 talk. All the time, yeah. So if I'm... Uh, if I'm an, uh, a student or just interested in art and environments or level design or whatever, um, and, and listening to you now and going, huh, there's so much creativity in environment art. I'd like to give this a go. Mm. Do you have any like general tips where people should start Minecraft? Is <laughs> <laughs> obviously one. So we've covered that. Uh, general tips where they can start. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, I guess uh, any any creative space that you can find uh, use that to to actually be creative, right? If you want to be a concept artist, draw every single day, buy a sketchbook, draw on the train, draw on the bus, uh, practice, practice, practice. Um, what was the question? <laughs> if I want to get started in, in, in environment design, yeah, okay, like, so wait, you wanna... where do I start? Okay, so we're taking you as, a, yeah, as an example yeah. right now. Okay, so yeah, go to, I, go I to a get, recruiter. I can give an, <laughs> I'll, I'll go to HR. They yeah. sit just next to me. <laughs> You're like, hey, I want to be an environment artist now. <laughs> Change uh, of career. Path. No, but because I'm thinking about like how difficult it is and 
but at the same time, I tried modding in Dragon Age a long mm -hmm. time ago. So I, I booted up and I had my character and standing on a field of grass and I'm looking around and I realize everything is just empty. Mm -hmm. There's so much work to be done here. Um, so I quit the modding tools and never went back. Uh -huh. um, but if I actually would have committed, where should I have started? What should I have done at that point? Well, it, it's it's a very daunting thing, like starting. Yep. You know, I have the same problem as well. When I want to start a new project in in Unreal or whatever, you know, I open up my my engine and it's empty. Yeah, and that's very daunting. You know, you don't know like, ah, oh, what am I supposed to do now? Start with an asset, start with a light. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, greatest advice I can give you there is just just start. Yep. Like there, there's nothing more to it than just starting because it it's getting you in a flow. If you actually start placing something, you're getting in this flow of of, of uh, making things and continuing, and then you get motivated by your own work and uh, involve other people in it, get them motivate you, um, and that's the most important step is is starting, uh, and then to actually get into uh, becoming an environment artist. Um, there, there's game design schools like I went to that that really helped me because that prepared me in in a lot of different ways to uh, the job that I wanted to do. And game design school can be a lot of things, right? I had courses uh, of stylized work, uh, level design work, drawing, uh, and then in the later years you go more specific as you know what you want to do. There's also character arts that you can do in those schools. Uh, so those things really help. I mean, they're there for a reason, right? They're there to prepare you uh, and they do work. Right. Yeah, it, it always comes back to do. Yeah, do. Start. There we go. Start. Always start. Yeah. And I mean, especially when you're working in a digital format, um, you can just place things in there mm -hmm. and then you can always remove and put something else. But, you know, it's, it's the fear of the blank page. Yes. No. It's like... If I were writing a script, I just start writing mm -hmm. my thoughts, and then you know I go back and and start. It starts forming as I'm mm -hmm. writing it, and I, I I would like to think that the process is kind of the same. You you, you start throwing stuff in there, and it's like, ah, oh, well, that doesn't work. You move that, and yeah, yeah. it gets a little bit better every single iteration. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that, that's the thing, right? Uh, people are afraid that their work. Is gonna be bad. Yeah, and it, yeah. it will be. And but but yeah, then it will it's, get... it's going to be shit. <laughs> yeah. but, then but that's okay. <laughs> keep polishing, and eventually... yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's it's the same as the first draft of like you said the script. Like nobody knows where to start. You just write whatever you want, and then you read it back, and you're thinking to yourself, "What the hell did I write down? Mm -hmm. This right. is terrible." That's the same with environment art. First thing you're gonna make, it's gonna look like shit, and then you're gonna go back in, and you're like, "Okay, I can move this. I can move that, and then that makes this composition better." And and it's it's this iteration film. That's why we also have different phases in in industry of or block out and polish and everything. Because we don't make good stuff at first either. It's it, it looks bad, but we iterate on it. Yeah. We make it better as we go. Right. Make it more and more detailed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. I I think we learned a lot about how how it works. I'm going to go look next time I get to play a game. It never happens because I just got a kid, so I never play video games again. Look for the tall um, doors. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look for the doors. I'm going to look for the kit bashing. And uh, yeah. yeah, you just ruined video games. Oh, you're so welcome. If you. I can enjoy them, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much for coming, man. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all for watching and listening. And uh, remember, of course, to like and subscribe. 
rate and review, send us an email. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.